I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Boyd Matheson today. And boy, we've had just an outstanding show. I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you for tuning in, uh, for listening today. Uh, you may have seen the news that El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. Uh, now, they're not the first country to toy with Bitcoin in a couple of different important ways, but this is the first uh, to adopt it as legal tender. So, why would they do something like this, and and what does it all mean? You can imagine the reaction that uh, that El Salvadorans must be having. I, I bet it's probably split along generational lines. I bet there are a lot of young people that are excited to do this, and there are a lot of there are a lot of older people wondering how this is ever going to work. Uh, I've got a guest uh, to talk us through this. Jonathan Johnson is the CEO of Overstock.com, which is a publicly traded company, one of Utah's largest employers. And what a lot of people don't know is that Jonathan and his team at Overstock have spent the last decade uh, leading the country and leading the world in developing opportunities around the blockchain and cryptocurrency. And so we're turning to, uh, today to him for a little bit of perspective here. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome. Ethan, great to talk to you. Thank you for the invite. So uh, looking at the news that El Salvador is using Bitcoin as legal tender, does this surprise you, and what do you think El Salvador is hoping to get out of this? Well, it's not surprising. I've always thought that it would be a developing country that would do this first. Uh, and in El Salvador, 70% of the population is unbanked, meaning they can't get a bank account. And when you can't get a bank account, you can't have a credit card or a debit card, you are not part of the digital economy that is the 21st century. When you're paid, you have to take it in either U.S. dollars or El Salvadorian cologne. You hold that paper money. You have to you know, use that to pay your stand in line to pay your utility bills. It's, it's really a kind of life we can't understand here. Bitcoin gives El Salvadorians who download a digital wallet on their smartphone, most of them have smartphones, the ability to be part of the 21st century digital economy. 
Well, and um, I think there's some hope also that by having their assets in Bitcoin, they're going to be protected in to some degree against the inflation that has just really rocked that whole region. That's another reason. Countries with high uh, inflation in their national currency tend to, you know, people who are paid in that currency tend to do one of two things. They try and put their money, convert their money to U.S. dollars, which is difficult, particularly if you don't have a bank, or they put it into a cryptocurrency. And as volatile as Bitcoin has been, if you look at it over longer periods of time, like as short as a month or as long as a year, it's been a good store of value, particularly when compared to inflationary currencies like the El Salvadorian Colombian. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Eastern Europe in the 90s, we saw a very interesting phenomenon happen where all of those countries went from cash. They were all cash only. And they went right through to credit cards, digital banking, things like that. And they, and they kind of they skipped over checks. And that was the big headline is no one in Eastern Europe will ever use a check. They, they just skipped right over that as their economies opened up. El Salvador is doing something similar, but they're going from cash. They're skipping checks. They're skipping all these other things. They're going straight to probably the most advanced uh, economic option out there right now, which is cryptocurrency. Do you feel like, and, and you and your team have a lot of experience of, of introducing people to this technology and, and, and helping people actually use it. How much of a struggle do you think El Salvadorans are going to have in, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking, let's say, culturally and from a user perspective, really adopting Bitcoin, going from cash all the way there? Well, I don't think it's going to be hard, uh, particularly for those that do not have a bank account, which is a large majority of the country, to now be able to pay their bills uh, online, to do it on a smartphone, to not have to carry wads of cash. I think it will be very natural. And, you know, you've mentioned that we've, at Overstock, have been in, involved in this uh, at different levels. We have a company called BIT, B-I-T-T, that uh, is putting together a digital currency, a a crypto-based digital currency. They just won the contract for the central bank in Nigeria. They've done the same in the Eastern Caribbean, which is uh, an economic union of nine different island countries. They're doing it in Belize. Uh, I think the developing world, particularly where people are unbanked, are are eager to uh, jump into the 21st century. You you know, you mentioned the smartphones, and I I wonder if maybe that's the key, that this is a step that they can take thanks to uh, the ubiquity of the smartphone. Everyone has a smartphone, and that really is kind of what's delivering this technology. Yes. You know, it's, it's hard for us in the U.S. to understand that 70% of a population may be on bank, but smartphone penetration is over 100%, meaning there are people who don't have a bank account that might be holstering two smartphones. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that that's what allows this leapfrog, the technological leapfrog in, in countries that are behind us in how the, 20, the way that 21st century does business. 
So uh, looking forward, do you think that the United States might be ever te- ever tempted to uh, to take a move like this, adopting uh, Bitcoin in this manner? Or is this just is the U.S. too different or will there just not be a need here? Well, I don't think the U.S. will do this. And if they do it, there will be a late adopter. Um, most people in the United States have access to digital currency in the form of a credit or a debit card. Uh, also, the U.S. dollar is the de facto global currency. I think the United States has an interest in keeping that going. There is talk that at some point in the future, uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve will issue a digital fiat currency, a, a digital dollar, if you will. I think that's much more likely than, than the U.S. being, being uh, you know, officially recognizing Bitcoin as legal tender. Now, I should say this. Overstock's been accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies yeah. uh, on our website for, you know, almost eight years now. So Yeah, you're, you're the first major adopter, yeah. It's clearly used as legal tender in the U.S. already, uh, even if it's not recognized as such. And when you uh, buy and sell Bitcoin, you have a duty to pay taxes to the Internal Revenue Service. So, you know, the U.S., the U.S. recognizes that it's used as currency, so I don't think it needs to take a step that, or will take a step that, that El Salvador has. Yeah. Uh, well, this is phenomenal uh, information, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Uh, we've got to grab a, a break, but uh, where do you think people ought to go if they want to kind of learn more, especially maybe about uh, the work Overstock has done in this arena? Any place you'd recommend uh, people visit? Well, if you want to learn about what Overstock's Don, go to MediciVentures.com. We've got a website that's devoted to this. If you want to learn more just about Bitcoin or the blockchain, I always refer people to Coindesk.com. They've got a great section uh, called Bitcoin 101 and a great section called Blockchain 101. Really useful sites. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ethan. Good to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you. Jonathan Johnson is the CEO of Overstock.com and uh, and just a, a great resource on this. Uh, definitely take him up on those ideas. Check out Coindesk and a few other places. Learn about this because uh, uh, it is it really is being embraced widely and the technologies that are coming out here have such obvious applications that we are already starting to see them pop up in uh, in our world, even in places that we don't necessarily really recognize. So I, I firmly believe that uh, a good understanding of the of the American economy in even the near future is going to also need a pretty good understanding of, of how blockchain works and how these cryptocurrencies work and what their role is. So thanks again, Jonathan. We're going to grab a quick break. Uh, when we come back... Um, Schools are leaving boys behind. Uh, isn't that weird? Did you expect to hear that? You know, we, we, we talk a lot about the gender gap, and there's another gender gap that's kind of popping up right under our noses. We're going to talk about it, how schools might be leaving boys in the dust when we return. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, 
anywhere you get your podcasts.